0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Evident is bringing peace of mind to personal data interactions all over the world. Businesses are investing more time and money than ever to secure their platforms, protect sensitive personal data, and reduce fraud. Thanks to Evidence identity assurance platform, businesses can confidently and accurately verify their customers, employees, and vendors without the risk and expense of handling their sensitive data. Learn more by visiting www.evidentid.com reset. Okay, so there was this video floating around on the internet a few weeks ago. Maybe you saw it.
1: Welcome to the Cybertruck unveil.
0: (laughs) Elon Musk is on stage at the product reveal for a new Tesla vehicle. It's an electric pickup called Cybertruck. And Musk tells his head of design, a guy named Franz von Holhausen, to show off how strong the truck's windows are.
1: Franz, could you try to break this glass, please?
0: So the head of design does what he's told and throws a metal ball at the window on the driver's side. Oh my fucking God. Well, it shatters. Maybe that was a little too hard. <laughs> it's kind of funny. The only thing that's funnier is Musk's reaction because for the rest of the presentation, he keeps looking back at the broken windows like he can't believe what just happened.
1: Outside. Let's try the right. right. Try that one, really? Okay. Yeah. Sure. So, <laughs> oh man, it didn't go through.
0: That moment ends up overshadowing the truck right. itself, which, regardless of how you might feel about Tesla, is a shame. Because the truck represents one possible path humanity might take in the quest to rid itself of fossil fuels. Today on the show, we're taking a look at why the future of electric vehicles might look like Cybertruck. I'm Ariel Dzermros. This is Reset. Sean O'Kane is a senior reporter at The Verge, and he was there at the Cybertruck event.
1: It was pretty highly anticipated. Uh, We all crammed into a room at the Tesla design studio. And, you know, in the run-up to this event... Especially about a year ago, Elon Musk started talking about how this pickup truck was going to look like it was straight out of Blade Runner. It was going to be this very cyberpunk design. And so they really leaned into it for this event. There were props from Blade Runner in the parking lot. They had a noodle bar. They asked people to dress up.
0: A noodle bar?
1: Yeah, like, you know, from basically from like from Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah. Sure. Um, so it was a whole thing. And that eventually made it almost not surprising almost not surprising that the truck that he unveiled looked as wild as it did.
2: So I present to you the Cybertruck.
1: The truck that came up on stage was this angular, metallic, just wild-looking thing that looks nothing like any other pickup truck on the market right now. That's the Batmobile, man! Are you shitting me? It looks like a pyramid!
0: I'm sweating.
1: <laughs> what the fuck?
0: So what happened after the truck came out on stage?
1: Uh, well, I think the, the weirdest thing about the event, it was really probably hard to get a sense of this at home, is that uh, the room reacted in a really weird way. There were all of these people there who were big fans of the company who were really anticipating this truck. Uh, and... When it came out on stage, everybody was sort of hooting and hollering a little bit. But right after that, it sort of just died. And you could just feel everybody around you really just sort of racking their brains trying to figure out of whether what he just put up on stage was real.
0: Are you saying people thought this was a joke?
1: Yes, people definitely (laughs) thought this was a joke. Okay, cool. In the room, um, I think online as well. Uh, I mean, it's really divisive. The greatest insult to truck fans across this country was unveiled last night. Yes, I'm talking a Tesla
2: Cybertruck. It looks like a Kobe Bryant shoe, but there's no denying it does grow on you.
1: I think people come down on one side or completely the other. So a lot of people really hate it. A lot of people really love it. I was really surprised as I was starting to get sort of reactions from industry analysts in my inbox that night, how sort of favorable they were. Uh, And I think that a lot of that comes from, you know, not necessarily them being won over by the design, but... More knowing that Elon Musk is a salesman in you know the sort of truest sense of the word. I mean, he's a guy who will go to very extreme lengths to make sure his companies survive. And you know, they see something like this and they see how confident he was in it, and they say, okay, it's certainly not what we were expecting, but like I do think he's probably going to sell a decent amount of them.
0: Why is Tesla getting into trucks?
1: <laughs> Money. I mean, like that's the simplest answer. There's uh, truck sales in the U.S. in particular have just shot through the roof, especially after the recession. And it's just like, if not the, then one of the fastest growing segments in the automotive market right now. And not only are the sales trending up, but the trucks command a lot more money the sort of median price for mm-hmm. a new pickup truck in the US right now is close to $50,000 and not only does that you know start the transaction at a higher price point but automakers make more profit margin off of pickup trucks than any other kind of vehicle that they sell and right, so it's just But a, this is
0: an electric vehicle, right? This feels different.
1: It does, but like that's I think still the sort of I mean Elon Musk would probably talk about all the different kinds of utility he's going to offer. You know, this is going to tow. The top tier version will be able to tow 14,000 pounds. Like there are images of it with camping gear attached to it on Tesla's website. Like they certainly want to make a case for it to be used, but you know, you wouldn't get into this without an eye on trying to make some money out of it. And it's just pickup trucks are, you know, I'd been sort of joking in the run-up to this event that, like, you could draw a pickup truck on paper and sell it for $50,000 at this point. And, like, that's literally what happened here from the looks of it It was, like, okay, cool. Like, here's our first crack at it.
0: Well, I was just going to ask you, what is the audience for this kind of thing? Is it truck lovers? Are people in, like, Montana going to be buying this thing?
1: It's a tough question. It's one that a lot of people were asking in the run-up to the event. Um, But I think it's gotten even more complicated after that because it doesn't seem like the kind of truck that's going to win over current truck users and truck buyers. But that was always going to be a hard proposition anyways. Like Ford sells its new pickup trucks to Ford pickup truck owners. You know, this is sort of a locked-in ecosystem where people get really loyal to one brand and they stick with it more so than in any other vehicle uh, in the U.S. at least. So I think what we are really seeing with this truck is Kind of what Tesla's done throughout its history, which is that it's going to try and take a new idea and sell it to customers who have maybe never considered it before. Right. And I think it's worth giving them some credit for that, which is like, even though it looks so wild and it's just such a weird looking design, that's what Tesla really built its business on. It took this idea that seems so out there, which was electric cars in general, and turned it into something that people have bought into all around the world over the last 10 years.
0: Is Tesla the only company trying to build an electric truck?
1: No. So there's actually a a decent amount of competition coming to market over the next couple of years. And and even in some cases before Tesla's Cybertruck is going to um, make it in 2021. And it's coming from big players and players that most people have never heard of. Ford is going to make an electric F-150 as well as a hybrid F-150, so electric and gas. GM has said that it is going to make an electric pickup truck. And then there's a bunch of startups out there, notably one called Rivian, which is based in Michigan but has some offices in California. And uh, they have just taken a very, as opposed to other startups that are very flashy and have sort of burned out, they took a very low and slow approach and have been around for about a decade and only last year finally unveiled their pickup truck alongside an SUV. They're also backed by Ford and Amazon. They've got investment from both of those companies this year. So not only do they have probably the right approach, but now they have the money behind them too.
0: So with all these companies working on EV trucks and also a lot of them already having much smaller EV cars out, is this a turning point? How long until electric vehicles are in the
1: majority? Uh, I don't know that this is the turning point. I think the real big turning point was when the Chinese government decided that it really wanted to push electric vehicles. And, you know, right after that, the European regulators did pretty much the same thing and said, we don't want emissions to be a problem in the coming years. And so one way to do that is to basically electrify the entire transportation sector. So I think, you know, things like the Cybertrucker, I think are some of the earliest examples we're seeing of like new vehicles that have been designed in this sort of new regime. And this is why companies like Ford and GM And everybody else who's been around for, you know, 50 years or 100 years are willing to take these gambles because they basically have to.
0: And meanwhile, the U.S. is heading in the opposite direction and not trying to have significant uh, car emissions regulations, uh, if you don't count California, of course.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, why it's nice that as ridiculous as it might look that we have someone like Elon Musk uh, trying to keep these companies moving in that direction his methods are maybe not always the the best, but uh, you can't argue that they're working sometimes.
0: Do you want a Cybertruck?
1: <laughs> I mean, I live in New York City. I don't need a truck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tesla's Cybertruck is still a long way off, but there are a lot of other electric vehicles or EVs out there right now. And according to our next guest, they're kind of fun to drive, though Maybe not as much if you're trying to drive one across the country. That's coming up after the break. I don't know all that much about hiring trends, but I do know that a lot of my friends end up looking for jobs around the holidays. You know, Thanksgiving just happened. Maybe they're taking stock of their life, you know, they went around the table, everybody said what they were grateful for, and then turns out they maybe don't have that much to be grateful for because they don't like their jobs, so they're looking for jobs now. Which means that if you are the kind of person who needs to hire someone, you could take advantage of that. And the way to do that is to use LinkedIn Jobs. Because hiring the right person takes time, time that you often don't have, and that's why LinkedIn is the best place to post your job. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills that you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash reset. Again, that's linkedin.com slash reset to get $50 off for your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. David Ferris is a reporter at e and News. David, you recently led a road trip around America.
2: How often did you stop for gas? We stopped for gas exactly zero times. How is that even possible? Well, it was an electric road trip meaning that we did this whole 8,000-mile, 17-state trip in electric cars. Not just one car, but a variety of cars.
0: Where did you go exactly, and how long were you on the road?
2: It was an epic trip. Uh, It was almost two months long. We started in early September of this year, yeah, and and finished in late October. And we basically did a big counterclockwise loop three-quarters of the way around the country, starting in Houston, going through the oil capital of the country, Um, Into the southeast, where a lot of the auto industry is, into the Midwest, the cradle of Detroit, and um, the foundation of the U.S. auto industry. Across the upper tier states and then down the whole West Coast, which is, you know, kind of EV nirvana in 2019.
0: (laughs) You were reporting on a bunch of different aspects of the electric car industry on this trip, but... From talking to a lot of people in my life, I know that people are worried about one thing when it comes to electric cars, and it's infrastructure, right? They're worried about being able to charge the car. So how difficult was it to get around the U.S. in an electric car?
2: The answer varied a lot depending on what part of the country we were in. So, for example, it was surprisingly easy to get across Texas. Really? Yeah, if you're taking a long trip, there's a decent network of chargers if you time your s- stops right. We had pretty good luck um, in the southeast, like around Atlanta, and in the sort of Detroit, Chicago area, we we found some good chargers. North Dakota and eastern Montana were really hard because there's almost no electric vehicles sold and almost no charging infrastructure there. And then when you get to the West Coast, there's more of it. But the interesting thing about it is how unlike gas stations it is. Mm. You know, even if they're relatively abundant, even if you can find one, you don't necessarily find them in the spots where you expect to find them. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, like, even if you go into a, uh, going into a city, you don't know, you know where the gas stations are going to be, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're going to be on the freeway interchanges. They're going to be kind of on the major arteries at major intersections. EV chargers could be kind of anywhere. They're established by a bunch of local decisions because that's where they happen to show up and not because it made rational sense for a large scale <laughs> effort to fuel electric cars. Cause that's not where we're at yet. Right.
0: So where was the weirdest place that you had to charge one of these electric vehicles?
2: Um, the, the weirdest experience I had was that I was driving the Kia Niro from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota to Fargo, North Dakota. And, um, Almost ran out of battery on the side of the freeway. Oh, wow. And um, ended up kind of limping into this town called Fergus Falls, which the online apps told me had exactly two chargers in town, one at the library and one at a brewery. And I chose the brewery. As one does. Right. As as one does. Um, And so it turned out that that quote unquote charger was actually just a plug in the wall. (laughs) Like a plug configuration I wasn't quite familiar with Okay. Luckily we were carrying a bin, like a large bin that took up almost the entire trunk of electric vehicle charging adapters And I was able to find one to plug that into the wall
0: Wait, 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 so if you have a bin that is basically filling up your trunk of uh, adapters That in and of itself seems like a huge obstacle to having a road trip where presumably you also have luggage
2: It is, yeah there's a reason people don't take electric road trips in electric cars <laughs> these days. I guess the takeaway message is that it requires an enormous amount of planning.
0: Right, you can't just wing it.
2: Yeah, you can't just hope, like, there's going to be a gas station somewhere. You can't, you can't presume that. You have to have thought the whole thing out meticulously in a way that is probably unfamiliar to most people planning road trips.
0: What's the upside of a road trip in an electric vehicle?
2: Well, one thing we did... With this trip is we meticulously tracked our carbon emissions. An electric vehicle has carbon emissions, not because anything comes out of a tailpipe, because it doesn't have one. It's not combusting anything. But generating the electricity has a carbon footprint.
0: Because presumably, you're using electricity that might actually come from a coal plant, really, at its origin, or it might come from gas at its origin, something like that.
2: Exactly. We found that looking at the numbers state by state, our carbon emissions were either a lot higher, or a lot lower, depending on mm. the energy mix of the state we are in. In any case, it was always lower than gas. Our total carbon emissions were just over 200 pounds. And our gas emissions would have been three times that if we'd been in a gas car. So it has a definite climate impact. One, one interesting thing about electric vehicle chargers is that it's surprising how often they're free we would go days and days without paying a penny for our fuel. Wow. Okay, that's significant. And then there's the aspect that it's just really fun to drive. Most of the reporters on our trip had not spent much time in electric cars beforehand, and they were all pleased with how fast, how quiet, how fun the ride was.
0: Mm. So this is kind of off topic, but... When I was a kid, I tried to get my dad to uh, have his next purchase be an electric vehicle. And his argument is always the same. He always tells me, what about resale? Uh How do I get to sell this thing where the battery is used? You know, it's just not going to perform well um, on the used car market.
2: What do you think of that? That really is a big question because we simply don't know how much battery life is gonna be left in those cars. Uh, We don't know what kind of resale they're gonna have. And and another question related to that is that we talked to a lot of auto dealers on the trip. And for auto dealers, electric vehicles are a bit of a bitter pill Mm. because the maintenance is so low, because the car is so simple that they are likely to make very little money on maintenance and that's on service. And that's, that's where auto dealers traditionally make their money.
0: Right. It's not like you have to go in for an oil change the way you would with a a standard car.
2: Yeah. And so, um, so I don't know what's going to make auto dealers excited about electric vehicles. Um, it seems like there's a significant downside for them and I'm not sure how, how automakers are going to get around that.
0: Okay, well, so car dealers might not be super excited, but you know who will be excited? Be excited. My dad, because <laughs> you just proved him right.
2: Okay, have him listen to this; he can gloat.
0: So I imagine that on this trip, you spoke to a lot of people across the country. What did people think when you told them what you were doing?
2: You no, know, it's interesting. Being political reporters, we tend to see things kind of in red and blue, mm-hmm. and expected that we were going to find friendly support when we were in blue states and suspicion and and a little bit of hostility in some red states um what we really found was a lot of curiosity mm-hmm. um i did have one guy when i was undocking my car in um oregon who you know, yelled out to me you know you call that a car um you know that was, <laughs> but that was about the that was about the most hostile like i that, even that wasn't all that hostile but we encountered a lot of open-mindedness about it it, it definitely felt like it isn't like people may have strong opinions about Tesla mm-hmm. but it seems like a lot of people are curious and open-minded to whether they could see themselves in an EV and they kind of know they know it's happening and they know it's something they want to know about
0: what do we know about how Americans view electric vehicles
2: the poll showed that most people can't name one model of electric car oh wow one of the people we interviewed while we were on the trip in Los Angeles is Chelsea Sexton, who is uh, one of the stars of Who Killed the Electric Car, um, that that mm-hmm. blockbuster um, electric vehicle documentary right. from ways back. She is still in the auto industry. She works as an analyst. She mm-hmm. thinks it's, it's very possible that electric cars aren't going to take off the way that a lot of people assume they are. Mm. Um, and she thinks that the automakers actually might be Saying with one out of the one side of their mouth that the electric cars are coming, in on the other side of their mouths, um, t- doing everything they can to slow down fuel efficiency standards and do other things that would that would prevent them from actually right. reaching the market. One of her points was that automakers generally have sold EVs the same way that you'd sell spinach. Eat your vegetables. Right, it's your vegetables, but it's not it's not sexy, and so if the automakers decide they want to sell people on electric cars, they will do so. And people will know about them and they will be excited about them. Um, And so I think what we're starting to see now that the actual, that the, that the models are actually coming out, that Audi, Mercedes, Ford, GM are producing cars that they really want people to buy. We're going to see, we're going to start to see the automakers push them more. um, And I think that's going to drive a lot of awareness.
0: Okay. So If people are starting to pay attention to EVs more, what about electric trucks? Did you talk to anybody who was excited for the all-electric Ford F-150 or or anything like that?
2: I have talked to people who were excited about that truck. For example, people who work for rural utilities who are hearing from a lot Mm -hmm. of their customers that they're excited about the electric truck. For example, Ford put out this teaser video showing um, its, its prototype electric F-150. So we're going to be taking this prototype and we're going to be towing 10 double-decker freight cars weighing over 1 million pounds uh, for 1,000 feet. <laughs> that <laughs> caught a lot of people's attention. Um, there are actually eight um, different companies preparing electric trucks for the market right now.
0: Kind of sounds like one way to make electric vehicles feel more sexy is the the truck
2: route it is kind of funny to think of trucks being the sexy route
0: I mean for some people that that really <laughs> right, exactly. is right. how well, you feel it about definitely, trucks. It definitely,
2: brings, it, it definitely brings in a different um, a different kind of person to the conversation doesn't it mm-hmm. it's yeah. the kind of it's that like you know the truck user is the kind of person who has been absent from the conversation about electric cars so far mm. and we simply can't say how they're going to respond and and what would make them want to get an electric car what what benefit would they see to themselves it probably has a lot to do with how it actually performs and we so we simply don't know that yet because they're all still in development and we we won't see them at the very earliest on the roads until late 2020 probably 2021
0: David Ferris is a reporter at ENE news David thank you so much
2: Absolutely glad to be here
0: I'm Arielle Zimros. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at ADRS. You can also reach the Reset team by emailing reset at vox.com. We publish episodes three times a week, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or in your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us. We'll be back on Thursday. Later, nerds.